Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I'm thankful and grateful that you've tuned in with me each and every Friday. And just to listen to biblical insight on current events, biblical insight on different questions that you might have. And so I've been enjoying studying the Bible with all of you, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. So last week we began a short series on the roles or the ministries of the Holy Spirit. We looked last episode and we covered two main questions regarding the Holy Spirit and his roles, and those were, who is the Holy Spirit? And we discussed he is a person and he is also God in his deity. Also, we looked last week at what is the role of the Old Testament. So if you have not listened to that episode, I would highly encourage you to go back first, listen to that one before you pick up here in part two, as we're going to kind of go off of the roles of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the roles of the Holy Spirit as who he is as we look at him now in the New Testament. And so biblically, he had roles or ministries during the Old Testament, but just not as many as he has today in the life of the church. Today, we will continue studying him. As we discussed last week, he is the very one that conceived Jesus Christ at birth. Luke chapter 1 tells us that. So a question that one might have is what was the role of the Holy Spirit during the Gospels or during the life of Christ? And that's a very good question, and the Bible has good answers to that question that we'll look at here really quick. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 tells us that Christ was filled with the Spirit. And this indwelling, unlike the Old Testament where the Spirit would leap on and off people, he would move from person to person in the Old Testament like we looked at last week, the way he was on Jesus or in Jesus, the wording implies that Christ had a lifelong relationship with the Holy Spirit. The relationship that Christ has with the Spirit was not momentarily, but it was eternal which is a beautiful picture of the two parts of the Godhead working together, coexisting together, and ministering together. So during the Gospels, the Spirit was with Christ through it all. Also, Christ was anointed with the Spirit, Scripture tells us. Various passages allude to this truth, such as Luke 4, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 18, Acts chapter 4, verse 27, and Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, and others. This anointing was needed in the day of Jesus Christ. It was kind of like a seal or evidence or validation that Christ is the true Messiah. So it was more so validation that Christ was the promised Redeemer. This also empowered Christ for his prophetic ministry. This also enabled Christ to perform some miracles. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus speaking, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, and to set liberty to them that are bruised. So miracles such as giving sight to the blind was performed through the Spirit enabling Jesus Christ to to do so. Also in this very verse, we find that the Spirit helped the Lord in his prophetic ministry. The Spirit enabled him, it empowered him, gave him the, the, the power to proclaim the truth and proclaim the gospel, just as he helps us do the same thing today. 
This thought of Christ being empowered of the Spirit was predicted by Isaiah in chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. And so this idea that Christ would be filled with the Spirit, Christ would be anointed by the Spirit, and Christ would receive special power by the Spirit was all predicted or prophesied in the Old Testament. And then it comes to pass in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the life of Jesus Christ. And so while Jesus was on earth, the Holy Spirit had many different roles, helping, empowering, anointing, and working with Jesus to perform miracles, and to preach the gospel during his day. And so a lot of times when we read, the, we read the gospels, we get so focused on Jesus as we should. But the Spirit's there as well, helping Christ, empowering Christ, anointing Christ, and helping Christ and enabling Christ to perform such miracles as giving sight to the blind. Now we're going to move on to the role of the Holy Spirit today how he's working on behalf of the church or what he's doing inside of the church. This is where scripturally the ministries of the Holy Spirit really begin to pick up and we find so much truth just related to the Holy Spirit and how he is actively working in and through our lives as believers. And so in the Old Testament and even in the life of the Gospels, the Holy Spirit in his ministry was very limited. He wasn't held back. But he just did not have as many ministries as he does today. So we're going to take the remainder of the episode today to look at a couple of different things the Holy Spirit does in your life right now. And we're going to take the next episode and probably even another episode um, to explain more what he, what he is doing in the church right now. So the first thing we're going to look at is the Spirit indwelling. The Spirit indwelling. This is a brand new ministry of the Holy Spirit apart from him indwelling Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, as we talked about last week, he just leaps on and off of people. And so biblically, the Spirit does new and special things since his coming on the day of Pentecost. So we looked at last week how Jesus Christ before his ascension, he promised another helper. That other helper was like Jesus in deity, but that helper was the Holy Spirit. And we know biblically, the Holy Spirit was given to the church at the day of Pentecost when he began indwelling believers. And so at the heart of these distinctive ministries lies the ministry of dwelling in believers. For this very ministry is foundational to all his ministries to the Christian in this age in which we live. Paul was writing of the indwelling of the Spirit. He uses a Greek verb that means to dwell, meaning he is inside or he is indwelling all believers from the very moment of salvation. As we look at what Scripture has to say about the indwelling of the Spirit, we see many different things. First, the indwelling is a gift to all believers. Some try to claim that the Spirit is only given to a select few believers, but that is not what Scripture teaches us at all. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39, Acts chapter 11, verse 16 through 17, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, and others all indicate that the indwelling of the Spirit is a gift to all believers, not just a few. You have those people that try to claim that Christ's crucifixion and Christ's death and resurrection was only for a select, few, a select group of people. Biblically, that's not true. He died for the sins of the whole world. And so you also have that group of people that try to claim that the gift of the Holy Spirit is only for a select few 
people inside of the church. That's not biblically. This is a gift. It's not a reward. And so we must not mix up what the indwelling of the spirit is to us, the believer. It is a gift because you and I as believers did not do anything to receive this gift. Therefore, making it a gift, not a reward. Some try to claim it's a reward for obedience. It's a reward for good faith. And that's just not true. It's a gift just like salvation that's given for eternity to the Christian, to the saved man. So secondly, we're going to look... Not possessing the Holy Spirit is a sign of an unsaved condition. So not possessing the Holy Spirit is a sign of an unsaved condition. So if you do not have the Spirit indwelling or living on the inside of you, that's a clear sign that you are not of Christ, you are not saved. Not having the Spirit indwelling on the inside of you is the exact same thing as not belonging to Christ, as never receiving the the, the forgiveness of sins and not receiving the free gift of eternal life. Without the Spirit, one is not sealed and one is is not saved. Because since Pentecost, the Spirit is indwelling every believer, the natural state of a lost individual is to not have the Spirit, not have his sins forgiven because he has not come by faith to Jesus. So therefore, having the Spirit characterizes all born-again people. It's something we as the church all have in common. We all share this one gift, and that is the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. There are many things that we share as believers, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is simply just one of those. And so having no conviction of the Spirit is an indication that there is no Spirit inside of you. And friend, I say it very lovingly today, if that, if that is the case with you currently, you feel no conviction of the Spirit. As you read Scripture and you come across verses, you're not convicted of the way you're living. Or maybe you don't ever even read Scripture and you have no conviction of that. I would run to Christ right now. I would run into his arms right now as he is offering and he is extending the free gift of eternal life. We do not have much time to play church. You desperately need the spirit and dwelling on the inside of you because that is a clear indication that you belong to Jesus, that you're saved and you're a part of the church. A question that is often asked regarding the indwelling of the spirit is, does the spirit leave or remove himself from us when we sin? And we partially answered this question a few episodes ago when we discussed the question, can a Christian lose their salvation? The easy answer today is no. The Spirit does not leave a believer once they sin. Therefore, sinning believers are still indwelt by the Spirit. And so a question I've received is, even though I'm a sinner, does the Spirit still indwell on the inside of me because he's holy? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, if you read that verse, it was written to a very diverse group of believers. Some were very devout Christians, but others were worldly and carnal in nature. But Paul was clear that the Spirit is indwelling inside all of believers. And so if he was not clear on that, he would say that the, the, the Spirit is just here for the devout Christians. But the others who are worldly and carnal, the Spirit has been removed. But he's very clear in that passage that the Spirit is indwelling all of them that he's writing to in Corinth. And so Paul is clear. The Spirit is indwelling inside all of believers. Having the Spirit is part of salvation. 
From the moment you believe up until the moment you see Christ face to face, you have the spirit indwelling on the inside of you. So one act of disobedience is not going to revoke the gift of the Holy Spirit. Revoking the spirit would revoke salvation, and we know scripturally that cannot happen. There are some within Christian groups and denominations that hold to the idea that the spirit indwells, but he is not permanent in his indwelling. They believe that if they commit certain sins, then the spirit would leave the believer. But we know scripturally this cannot happen. This cannot be the case because if the spirit could and did leave believers, then that would render the Christian unsaved and they would be lost again. John 14, 6 is clear that the promise of the other helper, which is the Holy Ghost, would be with believers forever. Jesus would not have said this promise, this helper, he's going to come forever if he was not going to stay with you even when you see him because Christ knew and he knows that we are sinners. So the spirit is in you to stay. If you are truly a believer, he's indwelling on the inside of you right now, actively working in your life. And what a fantastic promise that is to know that right now you have one third of the Godhead, fully God and deity living on the inside of you. Such a blessing because the Old Testament, they, they, the Old Testament saints, they did not have this promise. They did not have this gift like we have today. So also another ministry that's specific to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, another major role of the Holy Spirit today, apart from indwelling, is the Spirit sealing. The Spirit sealing. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says this, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. This specific ministry of the Spirit is not mentioned at all in the Old Testament, making it very new and amazing to us New Testament believers. This is God, this is what God has done for believers only since the day of Pentecost. So some might ask, what is the sealing of the Spirit and why is it so important to me? First, we must look at the people who are sealed. As true with the indwelling of the Spirit, sealing only belongs to believers. And it has happened to all believers, and so very simply put, that all believers are sealed with the Spirit and sealed unto the day of redemption. There is no claim in Scripture of unbelievers having the ability to be sealed. And so the sealing of believers is simply just for believers, not unbelievers. And that claim would not even make sense because you are, not being, you are being sealed for eternity, and the sealing is what seals your salvation. So it cannot be for unbelievers. It's strictly for believers. Some people ask, when in my Christian journey am I sealed? But just like in dwelling, sealing takes place at the moment of your conversion or at the moment of your salvation. So at the very moment you were pulled from darkness to light, from death to life, you were indwelt and sealed at that very moment. Ephesians 1.13, in, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Notice the wording. 
Also that after ye believed, ye were sealed. The wording in this verse makes makes believing on Jesus Christ and sealing simultaneous. Because if they were not at the same time, then you would have unsealed Christians, which is not biblical, even if it was just for a few moments. So the very millisecond or the very second you believe on Jesus Christ, you are sealed. As you are ushered from death to life, hell moves out. And the Spirit of God moves in to keep you until the day you see Jesus Christ face to face. Some ask, how long will my sealing last? And we've kind of already answered that. But this is something we have, we've already touched on, but it's a serious question that one needs an answer for. And the answer is, until the day of redemption. This refers to that future day when your redemption shall be fully accomplished, including receiving our resurrection bodies. This means the sealing guarantees the complete fulfillment of God's promises to us. And no believer can become unsealed on his way to heaven. And so you're sealed until you get ushered in, have your resurrected body, and you're ushered into the presence of Jesus Christ. The results of the sealing, there are major benefits that come to us, the believer, when we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. The very concept of sealing includes ownership, authority, responsibility, and above all, security of God's promise to us, especially regarding our salvation. We can be certain as believers that he possesses us, he owns us, and that is such a great truth in and of itself. And our salvation is secured through eternity. So in closing today, I will leave you with this example of the sealing of the Holy Spirit. The idea of sealing a piece of mail or a letter that you're going to mail someone is a good example of the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Once the mail is stamped and sealed, only two people can break that seal, the recipient or the sender. The sender can only reopen it if it is returned to him, and the recipient can open the sealed mail once they receive it. In the case for us as believers, God is the sender and God is the recipient. And God alone is the one who does the sealing, so only God can break the seal. And he has promised through his word that he will not do so until the day of redemption. What a promise that is for us as believers to hold on to today. So today, if you're listening to this podcast as a believer in the gospel, know that you are stamped and sealed. Your on your sin account is stamped the word to telestai, meaning paid in full or your sin debt is paid in full. And you are sealed with the sweet Holy Spirit of promise. And you have a one way ticket to the kingdom of heaven. And friend, one day soon, you will see your redeemer. And the Holy Spirit had a role to play in getting you there. So today, be thankful for the role of the Spirit in your life. And I look forward to continuing this discussion on the ministries or the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.